can you believe it? It's episode seven. Already? Already. I what, know. Does, does that mean it's like 2026? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've travelled far into the future and and found the time in which we've actually managed to record seven episodes of Flutter Twattle, which is the name of this podcast. Um, it was it was a, a, a fun start to the podcast today because Tom, <laughs> Tom showed up uh, without... He like started speaking into his microphone and nothing was happening. And then he looked at it and was like, Oh, that's an empty XLR kit connector. Where is where is the cable? <laughs> yeah. Have I have I mentioned before on this podcast what I used to do as a job? No. Well, I know that you used to work in .NET, but we don't talk about that. Too uh, no, 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 no. Before that, um, I was a sound engineer for the BBC. Oh. So I literally set up and plugged in microphones for a living mm. and kept <laughs> kept some quite big radio programs on the air are we, or tried to. Are we seeing some of the some of the evidence about why you left? <laughs> yeah. No, it was voluntary, I assure you. <laughs> um yeah. Um I apparently have lost all my skills because I can no longer plug in a microphone. But someone's stolen all the cables. I don't know where they are. I don't know where they are. Why why which to whichever of my colleagues has gone around stealing i think we had four xlr cables um i mean i hope you're having fun with them <laughs> don't, i don't know where they are what a nightmare yeah well you we we, we figured it out or you figured it out we figured yes. something out yes uh, and we're recording episode seven uh, uh how, how are you I'm good. I'm good. I uh, have been busy um, doing doing adult things. Um, like I, I bought an apartment, which is yeah. I I still can't quite believe that. Um, yeah. Um, it's a bit weird because I I bought it and like in Finland, you can buy an apartment, but then you can't move into it yet. So I can't move in there. Like like th- there's like a delay between you actually buying it. And then being able to move. So I right. went to the bank. I signed for the apartment. I legally own the apartment, but I came out and it's like, I, I think I have an apartment, but I don't have any keys and I have no proof of this. It's That's really the weird. weirdest thing. Although, I mean, I guess in, in, in the UK, it's uh, kind of equally weird because the, the, the moving day is the same day as like ownership day so you like buy the apartment and it's like right or, or buy the house or whatever and it's like right now move into it immediately but but it, it you have to kind of obviously because everyone is moving in like a chain you sort of have to negotiate this whole this whole sequence of like three houses back in the chain and they've got a problem they're moving van didn't turn up and so it sets off this whole reaction where it's like okay well now i can't get the keys to my new house until like 5 p.m but they've they've already kicked me out of my old house, so I'm I'm currently homeless for the next five wow. hours, and it's yeah. it's all very strange. It does, there doesn't seem to be a good system for this, uh, and and I can absolutely assure you that overall the Finnish system for buying an apartment is so much better than is it? Uh, well, the English system. I know it's better in Scotland because everything is better in Scotland than England. Sorry, England. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just is. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, everything makes so much more sense here. Oh, it's just it's 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 the easiest thing in the world. Mm. Like like compared to to England. Um, yeah, yeah. As as we mentioned on a an earlier podcast, I think 
um, moving house is like one of the three most stressful activities in most people's life, just below using Xcode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> to segue it directly into uh, into software engineering. Although now there is the excellent news that you're going to be able to use Xcode on the Vision Pro. Yeah. <laughs> Can you? I'm very excited to dictate my uh, my code using <laughs> using Siri. Uh, yes, it's very exciting. Oh yeah, I just stare at this function body and then say, although although actually, ooh ooh what ooh, ooh. um, could you? Is is the is this like the next generation of like GitHub Copilot type thing? Where you just like put your cursor in a function body and just literally say out loud, write a function that does this, and Maybe. then Copilot does it. Maybe that's the next stage, in, and that's how and that's how we end up with with software development on the Apple Vision Pro. But but like the the Vision Pro has like all the sensors in the world, right? It's got like I don't know. 84 cameras or something yeah. <laughs> 12 or whatever i don't know um so like maybe maybe it can like you can do body movements like you can do like an interpretive dance yes what you can do like a little i i, I don't i don't yeah. know i'm now i'm now doing a dance it's, yeah in, interpretive really dance demonstration is excellent content for this audio only <laughs> podcast yeah i mean people can just imagine it. it's for, yeah that's probably more entertaining to just imagine um, it. To be fair, yeah, that's yeah, very good. So I, I'm kind of the the, the Apple Vision Pro feels a mm. lot like um, the. Although, well, I say this as if I was there. I, I when the iPhone was announced, I was 12 years old, so I don't really, I, I, I don't really remember it actually happening. But I've kind of looked back on it quite a lot because you can like watch the announcement and and people talk about what it was like and it feels a little bit like um when apple announced the iphone and there's that famous interview with steve Ballmer, who was at some conference somewhere and somebody asked him like oh what do you think of the iphone and he just laughed out loud and just said five hundred dollars for a phone that doesn't even have push email <laughs> and and like the whole world was just like this this looks cool but i've no idea what it's going to be for yeah, but I'm so fighting myself on this. I like. I feel that every Apple product that they have released, kind of in like my lifetime than I can remember, every product which has been a bit weird, like iPhone, uh, Apple Watch, um, iPad, people were like, "What? What is this for exactly?" I've kind of, I, I've, I've gone. Yeah, I can see it. I can kind of see where they're going with this. Like, I think I get it. And kind of my gut feeling has been, yes, I see how this is the first version, but I can see how this is going to go somewhere. But my gut feeling is just screaming no with this. Just just that people don't want to put a thing on their head. And and and, and then I'm having this complete battle in my head of like, oh God, my gut feeling going, no, 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 this is nonsense. People are not going to want this. Uh, I, I I can't think of anyone I know who would buy one. And then the other part of my head goes, yeah, but it's it's Apple. They they tend to know what they're doing. Yeah. And and I think I, I kind of have a, had a similar gut reaction. It's like, this looks really, really cool, but what's it for? And I think that maybe makes me old. Because... <laughs> Because, because, like, 
I don't know when I was when I was younger and less cynical about the world, I um I would have seen this and just gone, I don't care what it's for, I just want one anyway because it's really really cool. And and like the people who were whenever I would see people being like, oh, what are these tech tech things for? These gadgets, these gizmos, and they look on them really cynically. I only ever saw like old people saying things like that about tech products. So I'm like, is am I turning into one of those people now? Is it just an age thing? But it's clearly cool. It's clearly an amazing bit of technology. The 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 amount of innovation they've had to put in the thing, the amount, the combination of different technologies is incredible. But then, what problem does it solve? Mm. I, I think the the strategy clearly for me is. Um, to but because obviously it's extremely expensive as well it's like yes. $3500 I I think they've kind of almost deliberately priced consumers out of this thing because actually they they don't want people to buy it yet what they yeah. want to happen is for dev studios to get one and like play with it and and come up with something interesting because like the a lot of the best use cases for um new apple products have not been invented by apple they've been invented by developers and and apple's basically turning around here and saying okay look we we can give you this hardware um and we can we can build the platform and that's the stuff that we're good at um and now we're going to leverage one of our most valuable assets which is our community of developers who are all extremely like evangelical about developing apps for Apple platforms. Like pe- people, who, people who make iOS and macOS apps are like they love making iOS and macOS and iPadOS and watchOS apps. Like they really, really love doing it, and they're very proud of of what they do, and it comes across in their work. And I think, I think that community of developers has enough creativity to be able to find the killer app for this thing. And that's what's going to kick it off. It might take a little while, but I think that's what's going to happen. Like somebody, some some really, really innovative, like indie game studio or app developer somewhere is just going to come up with something that is going to make everybody want one of these headset things. Um, in the same way that the app store was the thing that really made everyone want an iPhone. I I mean I completely agree that this feels like kind of a developer preview, but mm-hmm. but public. Um, that then makes me go, okay, why did they focus on so much consumer stuff? Like, why have they called it Pro, but then featured Disney so much yeah. in the keynote? That's a bit odd. Um, but I can kind of see how they're sort of previewing it for consumers. Um, and but I I feel like it's I mean just to me the entire idea of working with it all day is just I, I i mean sure maybe they have plans in five years down the line to have it as light as possible yeah. and, and something that and, and people have said it's very light and um and they've clearly thought about that with the the external battery pack which i absolutely love have you, have you seen the quote on the on the website about this no because well so so on on the vision pro website it says this power the external battery supports up to two hours of use and all day use when plugged in 
Oh, very good. <laughs> All day use when plugged in. What, like a like a fridge? Yeah, like <laughs> this. This fridge supports all day use when plugged into a wall. Very good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well done. That's 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 weird language. Yeah, like oh, it's yeah, marketing bullshit from Apple. Then yeah, Classic, yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I I think that they want this to be glasses in the future. Like they 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 want this to be something that you just wear all day, and then you like push mm-hmm. a button, and the interface disappears, and then you're just looking through some glasses. And then you push another button and the interface reappears and, and it's not glasses anymore. But I think that's what I, they want this product to be eventually. I can um, completely see that. And I, I wonder if they have those plans internally or if yeah. they're just kind of going, let's try this and let's just try and push and push and push the innovation until it gets to a point where it's not a bit weird. Yeah. Um, because they're clearly, you know, they're clearly working against that already of of uh, having that the, the kind of screen on the front so you can see people's faces and it doesn't trying to minimize kind of that that yeah. really weird feeling of, of someone being there but not there. Apple um, has this weird um, ability to like defy all the expectations. Like when a when a new product comes out and everyone's like, oh, that looks a bit weird. Like when the Apple Watch Ultra came out, for example, and everyone's like, oh, that's a really big watch. And then, like, even even when AirPods came out, and everyone was like, "These look a bit. These just they, this is just a weird Bluetooth headset." Apple has a weird ability to turn those like slightly odd-looking products and make them iconic. Uh, uh, yeah, have, have you seen an Apple Watch Ultra? Yeah, I, I'm wearing one right now. You're wearing one? Oh my god, you've got one! But yeah. then that's it. Why do you want one that big? It's oh my god. Honestly, so I I came from a Series Five, the small Series right. Five. Okay, and um. The reason that I switched was because I was I was like I never want to use my watch. I just don't want to use it because I'm I'm scared of t- I'm I'm first of all I'm scared that the battery will run out if I use it too much for too many things, and two, uh, the screen is too small and I can't do anything on it. So I'm like, okay, what if I just get the Apple Watch with the best battery life and the biggest screen? And my God, it's transformed my experience with the Apple Watch. Like, really? Uh, yeah, I I fully appreciate that it's massively overkill like i'm not like an endurance athlete and i'm not going out <laughs> hiking in the wilderness with this thing but but just as a as a thing that makes me use the product that i paid for like it i don't have to worry about charging it anymore i'm not like constantly panicking about oh maybe if i just use it to dictate a message it's going to like absolutely die on me um like i'm not worried about battery life the fact that it, the screen is big enough to have a keyboard is like a game changer like i can actually type messages out on this thing like i and and it has cellular every apple watch every apple watch ultra has cellular and i now just like don't take my phone with me when i go out like walking the dog or something and it's helped me actually disconnect from my phone a bit more and not be constantly attached to this thing because i'm 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 trying really really hard to be less like like bonded to my phone mm-hmm. um and and the apple watch ultra has helped me to not like i can just leave my phone in a in a room elsewhere in the house and like forget i even left it there for hours and hours because i can just do most normal things on my watch okay that's i'm, I'm this is really interesting because yeah. i i mean I, I i've seen one person wearing one at a at a party and was like holy shit that's massive i think i've had tb's smaller than that it's a big um, it's a big watch yeah, yeah. it's a pretty chunky watch but um it's just yeah it, it's it 
it feels like what the Apple Watch always should have been. Interesting. Um, okay. And yeah, like the design is like deliberately chunky. And yes, maybe you could you could have a watch with a screen just as big and a slightly less chunky design. But I kind of mm. I've kind of again like I've grown to get used to and actually really kind of like the way that it looks because Apple has this weird ability to take something that looks a bit weird and make you fall in love with the way it looks somehow. Mm-hmm. And I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't know, I don't know how they do that. Um. Maybe it's just like enough people get them and you just become used to it. Um, or, or maybe it's something weird and brainwashy that is beyond our understanding. Maybe there's subliminal messages. Yeah. Sub, subliminal. 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 Don't, yeah. don't say it too many times or it'll, it'll lose, lose all meaning. Yeah. Um, maybe, they, maybe they like pay people on podcasts to like secretly put messages in i don't know anything about that tom what are you talking about Buy a MacBook. <laughs> you need you need a mac pro with them two ultra in it vision pro is the future welcome to flutter twattle the new asmr podcast about software engineering oh god um <laughs> yes anyway um flutter things i went we're a flutter podcast i went viral tom you did yeah but it's it's like this nothing like this has ever happened to me before oh i'm, I'm sorry for not noticing um, um did you not notice what? no no i didn't <laughs> okay clearly I, I, did, I didn't I, go that viral then i didn't help you go viral apparently yeah i, I, don't, I don't need you tom anymore i've transcended oh. your uh your bubble um so based on our last podcast where we talked about material and um that sort of thing um and how we should stop using material i wrote a blog post uh and it was called flutter needs to break free from material and it was basically like putting into writing what we talked about on the podcast like flutter uh, the, the the fact that material is bundled with flutter and is used by default for almost every flutter app is making flutter worse and um is making material worse uh and they should just be separated and people should just use widgets app and like build their own component libraries or or there should be more third party component libraries just like there are for the web right um and i have like i've i played around with um the widgets package so i i like spun up a spun up a package and like made sure never to use anything related to material and like basically started building out a few components like buttons and things like this and i think people would be if 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 people tried this for themselves i think people would be absolutely astounded about what's possible using nothing but containers and box decorations <laughs> like that that's kind of all you need to make most ui components in flutter like mm. just just a yeah. few containers like decorated containers um you can build a button with states and and like oh animated containers there's just a widget in flutter called animated container that just automatically animates when you switch out the decoration or the content. It's like yeah. brilliant. <laughs> That's like loads of work done for me. I think I think um so so one of the reasons the post went viral is that lots of people disagreed with me. 
and everyone like lots of people were like no 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 material is great you can do everything you need to do with material um i think a lot of it seemed to be like um yes in theory this sounds great but it would be far too much work to build a component library and i'm here to tell you that in three days i built like a handful of components that you could probably use in any app um using nothing but the widgets package from flutter and they work great and it was really easy like (laughs) i'm i'm like a reasonably good flutter developer but i'm not like a i'm not i'm not like this massive rockstar hacker person who can do absolutely anything with a computer like i know i know how to build flutter things to a reasonable to, to to a good standard but i'm not I'd, i my my knowledge of the inner work, workings of flutter is like embarrassingly poor um i just know how to build stuff with it and mm. using that knowledge i was able to build like a few really really good really flexible really versatile components and i am here to say that all the people who think that it would be too hard to build a component library without material are wrong and it's very easy and we should all just do it i i just found the the blog and i have i've now retweeted it so thank you I, I, <laughs> you I, are I, only three three weeks late <laughs> I, so sorry um i um but okay so um oh i'm gonna i'm gonna be devil's advocate i'm gonna, I'm gonna yay be, uh, what, what we call doing a luke um or as of now um why so so why is your button better than the material button um because so with buttons specifically in material you are um confined to three kinds of buttons and they tell you what three kinds of button styles you're allowed to have you can have an elevated button you can have an outlined button and you can have a text button now Mm -hmm. as it happens your outlined button does not need to be outlined at all, right? You can you can set your outlined button style to have a background color and elevation. You can set your text button style to have an outline. You can set your elevated button style to just be a text button. Like, but but they give you these three styles, and and it's like okay, you want to use an elevated button, and you can and and you can set a, whatever arbitrary button style you want to that. I think that you should be able to decide how many button styles you want what they what you want them to be called and have basically infinite options in terms of what you think that each of those styles should look like i don't think you should be com- you should be confined to three only three styles that are maybe not named in the way that you would want them to I, I have become increasingly a big fan of like semantic naming for like widgets. So like rather than using styles, having uh, you know, action button, info button, or something, yeah. and then wrapping a, a button with that. Like yeah. it's just so much easier to, to deal in, with. In pretty much every project I've worked on, I've always created a secondary button class or something like that, which is like exactly the same as the normal elevated button, but a different color. Yes. Um, what, what have you called it? I've just called it secondary button. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. And and because most projects that I use, like our, our designers, for you know whatever reason, and and I think it's a like a very very valid design choice is that you have your primary buttons, which are maybe elevated or or maybe not elevated, uh, but 
we always just use the elevated button style name as like the primary button. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe the outlined buttons. But sometimes there are outline buttons and elevated buttons, but they're the secondary color. So this is what I'm saying. It's not, it's flexible, but it's not flexible in material. So, so the, the, the people who were saying that you're wrong or something, why, why, why do they, why do they think it's, do they think this is hard to do? I, I think so. So the, the primary arguments against were number one, it's too difficult can categorically say that's not true. I mean, it, it just it just isn't. It's it? not. It's not difficult. Just if, if you think it's too difficult, I urge you to just try it. Just get just spin up a Flutter package or even an app and just build a button without using what? material and you'll see what? how simple it is. What do people think buttons do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe they just... Like, all you need is a gesture detector and a container and you can decorate yeah. the container however you want i so the way that i implemented it i i and, and all the code for this by the way all, all the all the code that i wrote in this experiment is on github it's called catalyst ui it's on my github um it, it, it's on my github you can you can go see it i implemented a button with states for like pressed selected hover uh disabled all that stuff and you can style the button according to what state it's in and stuff like this like all the stuff that material does it's very very easy to do i think i think people maybe think it's too hard because they've looked at material and gone oh this looks really complicated i wouldn't want to implement that myself material is complicated for all the reasons that we discussed last time because Mm -hmm. it's trying to do it's trying to be the material spec but also the generic component library that everyone needs to be able to shoehorn their own designs into so you the, think there's like an Im- imposter syndrome thing of like, oh no, I couldn't write my own yeah. button. Like the people at you know Google people know how to write buttons. I couldn't possibly write Maybe. a button. I, I'm just wondering. If, yeah. if you can, if you can build a Flutter app, you can absolutely build your own button. Like, it, I promise you, it's not that hard. Um, so that that was the that was the first argument against. It's too hard. It's not too hard. I promise. Uh, the second argument against was, I don't think we need this because material does everything that we need it to do like we can we can um we, we've we've never not been able to do something that we needed to do using material and like i think that's true i think that material is flexible enough or hackable enough in order for you to be able to do most things but but you tend to have to undo things right yes you either so so unless you are absolutely following the material design spec um and and uh, and styling it in the ways that google wants you to style it you always have to hack things in a slightly strange way um and buttons as we talked about as an example like i always have to create a secondary button class because we have elevated buttons in two different colors most of the time um the other thing that we often have to do is with typography like in material the typography system is astonishingly inflexible and the names are very confusing like what is the difference between a headline and a title i i literally had this two hours ago yeah. 
I was just putting together some dummy UI and I was like, I want some big text. Which one Which is big? Which one is big? Yeah. <laughs> and like and and they they um with material three they 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 uh deprecated the headline one, two, three, four, five, six and replaced it with like headline large, headline medium, and headline small. But what is large? You can create a headline large text style with a font size ten. And that's what I'm saying. Like it it it, yeah. it gives you names for things that ultimately mean nothing because you can you can set headline large to look like absolutely anything. And I think that's that's the point that I'm trying to make is that if you're doing anything that's that's not conforming to the material specification, then what you are doing is essentially a hack or a workaround. Mm. Yeah. And we deserve better than that. We deserve to have a styling system that thinks in the way that we that that our designers are thinking. Like our des- we we shouldn't have to be able we shouldn't have to go to our designers and be like, oh, sorry, can you just like go through the app and like name all of the text styles that you used? I like one from this specific list of material things. Mm, yeah. Um. Like I should be able to like open a Figma file or a sketch file and find all the text styles that that the designer has used and just like put them in the app and then be able to use them i shouldn't have to override text styles on a on a widget by widget basis i should just have the typography system somewhere in my app in a file here's all the text styles that are available in the app and then just like use them like they do on the web yes that's true yes yes yeah, well, exactly, because CSS doesn't have a built-in design system. No, Everyone... C- CSS isn't like, oh, you can only use these 12 class names. for your... No, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. In CSS, yeah. you get to define your own, that your own names for your styles. They're called classes, Ooh. right? Ooh, and this crazy. is, yeah, and you can have as many as you want. You can call them whatever you want. You can use them, you know, whatever you can you can override them on a widget by widget basis but like it's generally considered bad practice to do that um and that's what i want for flutter and actually that's what i have built in the catalyst system i've for every kind of component i've i've made it so that you can just you can def, you define your base style and then you define zero or more overrides and they can be um and, and that's just a map and the keys can be strings or you can use an enum as your keys or a number or whatever you want. Um, but the point is you get to choose, you, you you have one default style and then zero or more overriding styles for every kind of component in Catalyst. And, and it's very, very easy to do. Um, I'm, I'm having a look. I'm going to, I'm going to go to your GitHub and find it. Yeah. Um, so, how do you feel, by the way, about um, like having a widget named, I don't know, headline, something like that? Like, like yeah. rather than having a text that then has a style, like just having a widget called headline that has the text styles in it. Yeah, is like, that weird? I like that. I think that's a cool idea. It's shockingly that's how they've done it in HTML for forty years. Like you have H1 and H2 and H3 tags in HTML, and that seems yes. to work fine. Um, so yeah, that could also work. It's not how I've done it in Catalyst. Uh, Catalyst UI, I finally, I finally found it. Wow. Um, 
Right. What should I look at? Where should I go? Example. Uh, go to the go to the button. Go to the button class. So go to the button. Yeah. Go to the button. I think. Um, okay. So how many lines? Are, I'm not looking at it right now. How many lines of code is my button class? Um, do you want me to guess? No, no. T- tell me. <laughs> tell you. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to illustrate how simple it is to build your own button from scratch. Your button. Uh, class in total uh, it's got a few comments as well is like 94 lines of code. less than 100 lines of code for a button class yeah yeah it's not uh, i promise you it's not hard <laughs> and this was literally just uh, me like sitting yes. hacking in a coffee shop yeah and you yeah it's interesting because like you've done things like having a string for the label rather than um a text widget and it, it's kind of you, you you understand kind of where Flutter is giving you the flexibility of allowing you to stick anything in your button, but generally you don't want anything in your button. Yeah. But then there's the kind of but then there's the kind of thing, isn't it? In, and like until a designer comes along and goes, "Oh, can we put this picture of a cat in the yeah. button?" Yeah, but like it would not be hard for me to switch that string label out for just a widget it, child, exactly. right? Like yes. that would be fairly yeah. easy. Um, yeah. look, check out the input component as well. So, so I I took a lot of inspiration from Tailwind UI, um, which is like a, a a thing that's built on top of Tailwind CSS, um, and it's just like a bunch of pre built components. Mm. And the the input component is very very cool because it has lots and lots of features. Like you can add, uh, like obviously it's got all like the material features, but it 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 seems to be more flexible and has like prefixes and add-ons and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. And what I've done is that I've I've built the input component so that you can put any widget inside the input component. So by default it's like it's designed to work with an editable text widget, which is like the non-material basic flutter editable text field thing. Mm. But you could also just put a drop down in it or anything else. Um, I know literally all it is is just like a a box that you can style like a, with rounded corners and outline or whatever. Um, and there's some there's some kind of slots where you can put like a label and some helper text and an error message or all that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it's not massively complicated. It's it, and and I think that we should not be scared. And we should just go and do it because it's like the, the this right. So sl- this this is going to be a slight tangent. Um, really, on, <laughs> on this podcast, on this podcast. <laughs> so the, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter recently about how all of a sudden Swift UI has just become absolutely insanely good, um, just like completely out of the blue. It's like oh my god, Swift UI is amazing. Like Flutter is now a bit behind, and and you know. Previously, our kind of, I think, I think Flutter's three major selling points for me have always been. Obviously, it's cross-platform. That's a big. That's a big selling point. Um, two, it's always been better as a developer experience than native, right? So, like, I, I used to build native Android apps and wrote layouts in XML, and it was like the worst thing in the history of anything. Uh, and then I came to Flutter and it was like, oh my God, declarative UI, this is like the coolest thing ever. And then um, 
Google and Apple came in and they were like, oh, this declarative UI thing looks cool. Let's build that. And then and, and then Apple in particular has just like absolutely leapfrogged Flutter um, in terms of the developer experience in SwiftUI. It's just, it's very, very good. And there's a, you get a lot more out of the box with SwiftUI. Um, you know, they, they just announced at WWDC a Swift data package, which is like, it's it's data classes that out of the box you can sync to iCloud and have like serialization built in and all this stuff and it's just like oh my god and they have a built-in navigation thing that works really really nicely uh it's like um declarative navigation they have a built-in state management solution don't don't mention same i mentioned it once but i think i got away with it um and it's just it's just all there it's just a it's just it's just a package it, it's a full featured thing you just fire it up and just start start building and you don't have to make any weird decisions so i think i think flutter needs to um kind of reinvent itself a little bit because because it it it's no longer a better developer experience than swift ui and and i'm sure compose will catch up because compose and swift ui have massive teams behind them and big developer big developer communities and I think one of the ways in which Flutter can reinvent itself is by saying we are the most flexible framework and you can build something that looks completely unique, doesn't conform to um, or, or doesn't have to conform to material guidelines or Apple uh, iOS style stuff. It can look completely unique, completely yours um, and Flutter is the best place to do that. I think Flutter is is uniquely positioned to be able to offer that, to be able to say this if if you really really want complete full control over what your app looks like, how it feels, how it behaves, what the animations look like and and all that sort of stuff. Flutter should be the place to do that. But at the moment because it's so chained to material, they all just look like Android apps. And and I think we have an opportunity to make Flutter the the kind of it, it, it's Flutter should be to mobile development what HTML and CSS is to web development. It should just be like the absolute most basic thing, and then there should be this huge ecosystem of. Um, of component libraries and design systems and things that are built on top of that basic framework. Um, because because Flutter is the only thing that can do that. And I think right now we feel so changed to material because it's, it's, it does have all the features and it does have a lot of flexibility, but they, it always still just looks like material. I'm sorry to say, and it's, it's very hard to get away from it. Um, it does seem weird when you put it like that because we have constantly gone up on about how Flutter is the one framework where you can draw anything, you know, own every pixel on the screen, but then kind of. But then you would just everyone just uses material. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What when, are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? We, we are not taking advantage of what is possible with Flutter, and and like I say, it's it's kind of uniquely positioned for it because SwiftUI is designed from the ground up to look. A certain way jetpack compose and, and and android compose is designed from the ground up to make your apps look like android apps right and there's, yeah, obviously clearly there's some flexibility and you can make it look like 
stuff but you know when you when you open a modal in swift ui it looks like an ios modal and there's not much you can do to change that um mm. flutter is built from the ground up as you say to have a completely custom rendering stack you have control over every single pixel on the screen and all we've done with it so far is just make apps that look like android apps <laughs> and it's like yeah. we let let's let's do something better and let's make flutter the 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 framework that provides the most flexibility um if you and 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 make it so that if you don't want a material app and you don't want a swift ui app you use flutter cuz cuz flutter's where you can do the most things do you kind of feel that we're at maybe a bit of a turning point with flutter as a kind of i mean it's this year flutter will be five years old from mm. the, the 1.0 release which sounds crazy right i can't quite believe that i've just checked it three times and it, it, it's right um next year it will be a decade since the flutter project started wow what, what? like wow um uh, you know we, we've just had a big change with flutter of, of tim sneath leaving yeah um which is you know massive news um and uh, to me, sad news uh, for the for the Flutter community. You know, I I I I don't know what Tim's going on to do, but I'm I'm sure it will be fantastic and he'll be amazing at it because he's just he's great. He, he's yeah. yeah I we I, I we we do. I mean, I, I I you know I feel like I don't want to like you know name drop the big Flutter people, but I you know I've I've had I had lunch with him at, at Flutter Vikings and he's just such a nice guy, um, and. Uh, yeah, so like it feels like maybe we're at kind of this point where Flutter needs to maybe reevaluate itself a little bit and go, what what is Flutter for? What are we for? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you know, I, I think again, Luke said this on Twitter. Um, Swift UI and Compose are looking very, very viable now. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, for, for for a little while, it almost felt like Flutter was a no brainer for new apps that that needed to be cross that needed to be on on both mobile platforms because it was like it's a better developer experience and you get two platforms. So like, why would you not use Flutter? But now it's kind of like I don't know. Swift, Swift UI and, and Compose have kind of leapfrogged it a little bit, and Flutter needs to as you say, reinvent itself and figure out what it's for again. And I, and I, and, and, and needs to start acting a bit more like an adult because I think it's kind of it up till now, it's been kind of the scrappy, um, you know, un, underdog kind of framework, but now that's, it's being used so widely and, and because it's competition has, has matured so quickly, like Swift UI mm. has just absolutely come out of nowhere um and 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 matured so so well and and is is so fully featured now um flutter needs to, to you know start throwing its weight around a little bit more i think and 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 really carving out a, a space for itself in in this in this market do you think that's because um swift ui basically has one use it it it's to make Apple yeah. UIs, um, whereas Flutter is make any UI, any platform do anything, and and so Swift UI has been able to have a very specific target 
of of be this thing to these people on these platforms. But Flutter, yes, it has had this target of be, being the best UI platform on any screen, but that's very broad. And I, I feel a bit like it's resulted... What I'm about to say is really unfair, um, but I'm going to say it anyway. It feels mm-hmm. a bit like with Flutter, kind of everyone has kind of been throwing into this big pot of, of stuff like over the last five years. And that pot's fantastic. It's, had a, it's got amazing stuff in it. it uh, Flutter yeah. is an incredible bit of engineering. But it feels like we kind of now need to go and rummage around in, in the big pot of stuff that we've thrown stuff into and kind of arrange it a bit more and maybe pull a bit things out and move things around a bit and go, oh, maybe that thing will be better over there. Maybe we should take this thing out of the pot and, and put it in a package. That kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, it kind of feels to me like we're at kind of a point of that, of, of kind of we need to maybe simplify the core framework a bit and do the kind of thing you're doing of of making simpler components uh without material unless yeah. you're using material of course um and and i i kind of think that um the the kind of unique thing about flutter compared to swift drawing and compose is that um to it feels like the the community around flutter is so so strong and it's kind of our secret weapon like we wouldn't have state management in Flutter if it hadn't been for contributions from open source developers, right? We just we well, maybe we would have state maybe they would they would have kind of been forced into building some state management into the framework. But like all of the state management packages are provided by open source contributors. All of the the like the canonical navigation package that they tell you to use on the Flutter website was built by somebody not on the flutter team and now now it's maintained by the flutter team uh, it, it was built by someone on the okay. flutter team but then, but, but then he but quit not but, as yeah. part of the project <laughs> so no exactly yeah 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 it's it's kind of the Fl- flutter's secret weapon is and kind of always has been its open source community yes um and you know to 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 the same extent i think to which the web has 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 basically been been built by its community like every major framework that has been created for the web hasn't been created by some kind of like elders of the internet organization who kind of um you know make these decrees and it's like thou shalt build the web using tailwind um it's it's all been like people building stuff like react and view and tailwind and, and all the other things um and it all just goes into into the community and, and people who are building apps get to decide what they use whereas swift ui is is developed by the elders of apple and it is decreed thou shalt use swift data to sync your data to icloud um and that is great for them and it means that they have this really really um kind of cohesive developer experience but it means that you have less choice and it's less like web development um and and i think it has to for flutter it i think it has to be up to the community to create this future where we just have we just have the most choice um and we we have so many different things to choose from there's loads of really well-maintained packages for UI components, design systems, navigation, state management, 
data storage, like local databases, remote databases, like it, I I kind of imagine this future of Flutter where it where it is it is the web of mobile development. Oh, that doesn't sound great. I mean, it doesn't sound ways, great. But I know, but like I know what you mean. But the, a good web, a good, the good, in, yeah, in all the <laughs> in all the ways that the web is good. Like, like what we what we have right now is, um, you know, HTML and CSS and materials, kind of like one design system that we that we have. Um, and what we need is for people to start building like the equivalent of tailwind and the equivalent of bootstrap and and put these things out in the world and and start diversifying that that ecosystem of of stuff mm-hmm. um, and i i think i think that's the future of flutter um for my for my um that, that's my kind of two penneth for the for the next episode i'm going to get some rousing music i can fade up behind you <laughs> I think, I think we need that yeah no i just i just really really think that that's that's our opportunity we have we have, we have everything in place to be able to do that the f- the framework mm. is ready for that to happen yeah. dart is getting more mature as a language like it's it's dart three. Oh my god how did we ever live without pattern matching oh, it's just so good um i think it's fantastic um I've, I've already used it so many times dart is getting great flutter is ready for this big open ecosystem of stuff um and uh the community is good enough we have in, we have enough passionate people who are willing to spend time doing the open source stuff i think i think we're ready to do it and it just it just is going to take a small handful of of people to get it going and i think i think we'll be on something really fun inspiring Thank i feel you. like you're the barack obama of flutter it's, it's... <laughs> Good, and, good speech and uh, oh, i agree i agree with you yeah and my, and my announcement is that i'm replacing tim snit no i'm not i'm not replacing tim snit <laughs> from the <Flutter> team. Uh, <laughs> i am unemployed though at the moment uh oh yeah not not permanently clearly no. i'm just i no. i finished my job yesterday uh, yesterday was my last day and i'm starting my next one on tuesday so i have a week off being unemployed um but i'm pumped and I really, really want to um, build a custom component library um, for the new for the new place, but we'll see see what pans out. I look forward to your your future <laughs> UI framework, Thanks. but not a framework, just a just just some buttons, just something, just some buttons and some yeah. inputs. Yeah, I, I am gonna hopefully keep working on Catalyst. I think because cool. you know I think I think it's it's never bad to have examples of these things out in the world so that people kind of get some inspiration um mm-hmm. i'm not sure how seriously i'm going to take it in terms of like maintaining it for people to use in real things but it's 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 a fun experiment and it's it's at the very least it's proved to me that it is totally possible to do this kind of thing and people shouldn't be scared of it and, and we can break free from material and we should absolutely should we leave it there I think so. I think it's about enough. Very good. That's, that's that was a lot, actually, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it I was. Feel like I talked a lot. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. That's, it's that's not... okay. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Uh, if you, I'm sure lots of people will, will have thoughts about this. I hope. I hope people have thoughts um, about this. Um, if you do have thoughts, uh, we're both on Twitter. I'm Putterbrunt 
which is my name without any vowels in it, and Tom is Tom underscore Gilda. No, no, there's no. still no underscore. Oh. There's still no underscore. I keep thinking there's an underscore. There is no underscore. It's just Tom Gilda. I'm sorry. One day <laughs> I'll remember your Twitter handle. Um, but that's the end. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again soon. <laughs>